Greetings, friends! Welcome back to another spooky episode, creamy episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast. The show where we take the movies we love, break them apart to find their gooey core and find out what makes them magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and philandering nightclub owner, Alex Dandino. J.P. Dandingi, right here. J.P. Dandingi. <laughs> All right. Before we continue, uh, our descent into the Hellraiser franchise is part of our October Horror Mega Marathon. 31 days, 31 pods. A little bit of business. People, it's official. We are on Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash Pod. The best way to make the show exactly what you want, especially this month. Three of the movies this month were selected specifically by our patrons with their votes. Um, if you want to have a horror movie every day this month, which we hope you do, um, you can only do that by joining us over on Patreon. You'll get two Patreon-exclusive horror movies and our feature-length commentary on the amazing 13 Ghost. So if you can and you are able and you like hanging out with us, we would appreciate the support over on Patreon.com slash film alchemist pod thank you so much for those of you who do thank you for those of you who are about to as well uh the the, 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 sorry i'm all i'm thinking about how gooey this movie is i got flustered the youtube film alchemist subscribe over there the email film alchemist pod at gmail.com we're on all the socials you're on we're easy to get a hold of we'd love for you guys to share what we're doing this month bring more people uh to the fun also, something you can do that is uh, free and easy, takes but a couple seconds, leave some kind words for us, ratings and reviews, wherever you find the show. We assure you it helps us. It helps us uh, feed some blood to the statue that is us so we can defeat these fucking <laughs> algorithms that be locking away our passions, our pleasures. True. All right. Enough of that, guys. We have some serious business today. Hellraiser 3, hell on earth. <laughs> um... This is an often maligned sequel, right? The Hellraiser franchise is kind of plagued by a lot of sequels that a large amount of the audience don't really seem to vibe. I will say, I think Hellraiser 3 is fucking astoundingly fun. It's it's a movie that says, you know what? We just did two kind of highfalutin inner turmoil, right? The human condition kind of labyrinthine movies. That's not even a word. I just made that shit up. Um, that's my canvas. His is flesh. Mine is word mangling. Uh, you know, we're kind of the same. Uh, but yeah, we kind of did these two high minded, you know, whore flicks. Right. And this movie says, what if we threw all that shit out and just really went for like the most comic book version of a Hellraiser movie we could ever do? Yeah. And it's a fucking blast to me. Right. It's pinhead unbound. Right. After we saw his, um, just pitiful ass whooping. At the hands of Dr. Dickhead, Ph.D., they said, you know what? We heard from the audience. Um, that shit's not going to fly. They are here for Pinhead, and they really amp him up a lot in this movie, and it's super fun to watch. We explore further the separation from uh, Demon and Man, and we just get this awesome like action figure toy line from the 90s of yeah. other Cenobites, it and was... it's fucking rad to me. So, Alex... Open us up. First time viewing for you, Hellraiser 3. Yeah, first time viewing. Uh, I assumed that this was... Uh, I assumed that Todd McFarlane had a hand in the designs of most of these. <laughs> uh, the 
those oh, those uh, toy aficionados out there. He's the true toy maker behind the Hellraiser franchise. Um, it's a kind of <laughs> fascinating thing to me because, like, I really do think I, I like the pinhead split. I think that's a fun kind of like wrinkle. Like I said, like, like I said yesterday, um, they <sighs> utilize it a lot better in this movie. I think I can see why people don't prefer this one. Um, usually the first in a series of movies that gets shot on VHS is not, is not a favorite. Um, sorry. <laughs> again, like I, when you're all like, right, look, that's a fair I, shot. Whatever. Like people always, like, again, it's early nineties was like uh, this phenomenal time where people like fucking Tom Savini shot a whole fucking movie on VHS type. People could fuck off videotapes were a viable option back then, especially for low budget horror stuff. So I personally don't have a problem with it, but <laughs> It does, in the scope of 2022, lend itself to this sort of pornucopia of images. And Hellraiser 3 has has that kind of in spades in a lot of ways. Um, however, yeah, like, honestly, it's just really fun. Like, I, I had a good time watching it. Like, I didn't think it was like, I, I, I didn't think it was going to be that movie. I, yeah. I think because of the continuation from one to two, I thought it was going to be, and because of what happens at the end of, uh, at the end of two, I thought it was going to be a little more focused. Mm -hmm. Like two is connected. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Pretty, pretty much. No, like, you know, uh, Kirsty gets like a cameo, like Mm Kirsty's out of the picture basically. So, yeah, she she gets the least helpful uh, videotape interview evidence of all time. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, mean, I have to say fun, though, though, this is this is the 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 kind of fulcrum where this series takes a big turn, right? So again, the first one we were the first two were kind of exploring this angels to some, demons to other mantra of the thing, right? Right. The darkness comes from within humans. This and that. This movie takes a wildly different approach. This is Pinhead unshackled and unbound on our earth, right? So we're no longer trying to draw human beings, right? Expose their inner darkness to draw them into hell where then, you know, they can be tortured for centuries, right? That's not what we're doing. Right. And by taking the fucking, you know, human out of Pinhead, now we just see him at his most evil and demonic. He's no longer this kind of, you know, middle aficionado of what yeah, we're we not want getting to the, happen to ourselves. This isn't the ourselves. Dwight Schrute version that we've come to know and love over two movies. No, this is the full-on maniacal demon who wants to just, I think he even says, right, he wants to rub humanity's face in the filth of our soul or something like that, right? Yeah. He is here for fucking carnage and carnage alone. Right. And I, I think, again, after seeing this this beloved character, every time I see Pinhead enter one of these movies, I'm just like, this is the best character design of all time in my mind. I fucking love Pinhead. And to see him get his movie to become this fully formed, if not fucking chopped in half, almost two-dimensional version of himself, <laughs> it was fun to see him just go full villain. Mm-hmm. It was really wonderful to watch to me. And and I think that's what I, I take away most from this movie, man. I love Pinhead Unbound. That's a good way to put it. Pinhead Unbound. I like that. Yeah. I mean, again, I have no previous frame of reference, but like what I saw, what I watched was a movie that is made by, as I put it, 
while Clive Barker was is an executive producer, this feels like a movie made by fans of this of this series. Yeah, and I think that's this, this like, loses some of that extra touch. Yeah, right. There's there's not it's not as like I hate to put it this way. This is not as highbrow, I'd say, as the first two. Oh no, we're dipping into the well. It's elevated, whore. <laughs> no, like I we're mean, not those guys. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, I highbrow is like the dumbest way to put it because I'm dumb. But like I would, I guess the only other way I'd, the way I'd break it is like this. To me, the first two follow a very specific, follow a very 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 specific story, very specific point of view, and like. I like the two. I liked those two as a two hander. Mm-hmm. Three feels like a movie that was handed off to somebody and said, "Hey, mm-hmm. make this your own." And that's exactly what happened. So, like to me, to dislike a movie like this or to think it's not—I mean, you can say you can rank Hellraiser movies. I don't think that's a problem. But like to just dismiss mm-hmm. it out of a hat seems kind of silly. Will. My my theory is right. Is that that this movie is not good at what made the first two exceptional horror movies right the the first two thrive on the ripping our skin off and exposing us as the monster right this movie does not accomplish that at all right the the human characters right joey and i can't even remember the other girl's name right the black haired girl sandy is that that's not a sandy no that she I, talks like Shaggy from Scooby Doo, like, "Wow, thanks for letting me stay in your apartment, man." Um, I do not, I don't remember her name. I don't it's remember her so name. So and then JP Monroe, right? JP yeah. Monroe. JP Monroe. These are not. These are not formed characters, right? These are not Julia's, and you know, even Frank, even the husband in the first one, his aloof ass. This is not Kirsty. These are not people truly grappling with the depths of human darkness, yeah. right? We're now they in a situation where no one's seeking props. this out. <laughs> yeah, they're the targets that hooks get shot at. Yeah, yeah. Right? And they try their damnedest with this Vietnam flashback stuff. Um, I have to say, so the movie starts with this kid getting brought into the ER after the reporter can't get the big story, right? Joey can't right. get it. Doc has the, you know, hey, the story of your life could be right around the corner, right? bloody chains this awesome scene right the chains are like frying the er the fucking head explodes scanner style awesome right and she's just like well i gotta figure this out right again she has seen the darkness and cannot run the other way right classic hellraiser right there again we're getting into this wow pinhead's acting very differently already right he's really like flexing in front of people that haven't opened the box right um in fact this whole movie goes in that direction right some guy, the guy who dies in the first scene is the guy who polished the box up and opened it. Mm-hmm. No one else in the movie really does that, right? Pinhead's just like, hey, I'm in this statue. Right. Thanks for the rat blood. Now I want some other bloods and I'm right. coming for you, right? And that's that's fine, right? But so while it doesn't have that human side, they try to do this. Joey has these Vietnam flashbacks that somehow... Doug Bradley, who, by the way, I met at a horror convention in Indiana and was wonderful. I got him to sign the image, right? The VHS box image. And he just goes, who am I making it out to? And I go, Griffey. Because I always get all my shit like to Griffey. So like when I die, my kids can have it, right? Right. And it'll be their name too. And he just goes, a pleasure to meet you, Griffey. 
and my nipples got so fucking rock hard, dude. It was insane. I could have been cast in this movie. That's how much my nipples were poking out. Um, it was just amazing to meet him. Really cool, awesome guy. But so him and his his human guy form is somehow able to dreamwalk into Joey's Vietnam recurring nightmare. Walk me through what you think this bit of the movie is going for. <laughs> We're clearing this stuff out so we can get to the fun fucking uh action the Masters of the Universe toy line section. I think a lot of it has to do so he's a obviously uh the human version of Pinhead's like a military captain. Mm-hmm. I think it's that same thing I said yesterday about like psychic residue. So maybe it's like shared trauma in a way, mm-hmm. something like that. I mm-hmm. like that's that is the dumb that is the dumb way that I would put it. I don't know how, <laughs> I'll, but like I also yeah. don't know if I have another explanation for it other than just like other than just like well you got to move the story somewhere. Like to me, yeah. the justification is like a shared trauma. I'd say he exists in her window in his shadow, like an alternate realm, right? A pocket universe. It's hard for me to believe that the soldier who finds his way into the fucking, well, I better open this box for more plessier, gets to go to heaven because he was strip mined from the demon body he was in. Right. But somehow he's not really connected to the box anymore. So it's one of these like, what the fuck is this guy? What? Like Like, he's not in hell. No. Because he even says, this is my domain, right? When you're in this F shack where I first (laughs) met my fate, this is my domain. Bring Pinhead here and I'll have the power. So I don't know. They they hinted at that this might be a heavenly thing, right? That seems impossible. I mean, again. Where is he existing? Well, again, like, this goes back to the original film. Like, it's not heaven or hell. It's not angels or demons. Like, sure. I think that there is this other primordial thing going on, especially because like, it's not like they've been pulled apart, you know, like, it's not like he hasn't been part of that before. So like, there has to be something left in there that is still pinhead. It's just not pinhead presently. There's like, was born from his, right. Like, how do you, how do you put this? Like, basically it's like, um, it's like taking someone's id and letting it live outside of themselves. Mm-hmm. Like that's really kind of like what it is, is it's just the yeah. unbridled version of your, it's the unbridled, like, okay, Spencer, which is the, uh, Elliot Spencer is Pinhead's mm-hmm. real name. So like Captain Spencer is the mam- is the mammalian brain and Pinhead is this reptile brain that exists only checked by Elliot Spencer. So, mm-hmm. When Pinhead is first originally formed, all those pieces are together and they all fit together, much like a puzzle box. They all fit together. They all fit together to create a character who's not necessarily evil, but certainly not benevolent. Just sort of like in this way, sort of in this way, a neutral, a neutral party traversing the the multiverse in a lot of ways. Yeah. So a neutral party party who probably was fricky as hell yeah like definitely had some shit going on probably has a lot of problems still but like ultimately when you go to these other places Mm -hmm. but when you split them apart 
you take away the mammalian brain that's literally keeping that id in check in a lot of ways. Like, to me, if this is the version of Pinhead in, like, Hellraiser 2, mm-hmm. this isn't the version of... <laughs> This isn't the version he's like, he's just like, oh my God, great to meet you. Yeah, like this isn't the version of, Kirsty again, you have fucked with my shit. Like, it's not like yeah. any sort of measured thing. It's literally just like, all right, I'm ripping you apart. This is annoying. Like, Yeah, well, they, they talk about, right? Because he even says like, I was him and then a friend freed me, right? Kirsty Cotton. Right, right. I didn't know her last name was Cotton. I'm like, that's a weird, like, almost Stan Lee kind of name, right? Hi, I'm Kirsty Cotton here. Uh <laughs> Excelsior. No, neither here nor there. Um, so Kirsty freed him. Right. Somehow he's still connected, though, right? Because he talks about the evil that was within me was too too much. It couldn't be contained. Right. So it's almost like him and Penhead are both living betwixt whatever hell was and whatever we live in, right? And somehow they're bonded. I mean... Whatever. This part of the story really does not matter until the payoff <laughs> at the end. But I thought we'd address it up top, right? There is no, some weird, like, I think you have to address dimensional it jumping. You have to address it because it's something that uh, it's something that affects all of us. Like, we all sit here with an id, an ego, and a super ego. Like, but we also all sit here with reptilian and mammalian brains that yeah. tell us seek ultimate pleasure. Yeah, and it, like, that part is to set up the fucking showdown at the end, which absolutely. is good, right? That's fine. Um, so essentially, yeah, that's kind of what's happening for a, too much of the movie, right? Is her, like, investigating uh, and watching tapes and seeing Daddy, right? The real meat of the story is up in uh, JP's fucking JP Monroe's. Yeah, JP Monroe's Bone Dome, right? Right. And so we see this guy, right? He's kind of a collector of weird art, right? He does his own art. Um, he gets the statue, right? The thief steals the box. He's still got the statue, right? He reaches into the hole because that's what JP does. He sees a hole. He gets in there, right? Reaches in. A rat bites him. Ah, he splashes blood around. There's this awesome fucking moment where the, the, it's drinking the blood, right? Right, right. He brings this blonde lady up, right? He sees her, sends her the rose, runs through his whole shit, right? Yeah, yeah. We get a good bone scene, right? <laughs> Which is just, it is kind of a funny banging scene. Because he's just sitting there, right? He's covering the boobs, right? But he's still smoking with no hands. And then when he when he fucking busts, he does like the, ah! Like he's Rocky on yeah. top of the Does stairs. like a really nice, like, Michael Jackson smooth criminal beat. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the least surprising reveal ever, JP's like, oh, I'm actually a dirtbag. Get out. The girl is indignant, right? And Pinhead fucking hooks her. Yeah. Drags her in, fucking rips the skin off. Love that shit. Sucks. Dude, it's fucking It's great. so cool, man. And then again, our great pinhead, right? He just goes, Jesus Christ. Not quite. Not quite. And we just get this fucking awesome kind of intro to pinhead. He's he's static now. He's not the, like, he's, the walls are opening, the no, light's no, he's coming. He's stuck in this uh, pillar of souls. Yeah, he's not here to repeat. He needs some help, right? So he's got to fucking butter a biscuit, right? <laughs> He's not just hooking the biscuit, right? He's got to butter some biscuit. And so he starts this, right? There is no good. There is no evil. Only flesh. Right? He mentions that he knows that JP killed his parents with that gun to get all the shit. Spits the bullets out, which is fucking hilarious. But I love the part when he uses the pickup line that JP used on the girl, right? If you have a trait, let it define you. Uses it to fucking hook JP. And this is what we're doing, right? Now we're back to Julia and Frank 2.0. 
in this this part, you know, whatever. Then we got to do a lot of this like story air quotes. Uh, before we get back, JP gets fed to the statue, and now the statue turns red. It breaks, and Pinhead is unleashed. Right, right. And, and this, this is, is like this is the id yeah. Pinhead. This is the this one that's like kind of the either. opposite of part two, right? Which is just like amazing, amazing, and kind of fucking flops a little at the end. Yeah, this one's kind of like yeah, all right, like okay, what this what? one? What? Yeah, Vietnam, like, and then the ending is just like let's fucking have fun. <laughs> it reminds me of a show you would see at the boiler room. Which is definitely a bar I would party at for sure. To me, like as soon as he breaks out and this like id sent this id pin this pid head is just walking around, <laughs> he's like that's like to me where the movie is just like, guys, let's just yeah. fucking rage. Who cares? Yeah. Like that's like where someone broke out the suitcase of cocaine and someone had like a forty rack of beers and they're like yeah. What what do you guys think? What should we do? I don't know, like cameraman guy oh hell yeah i love that idea yeah yeah this is cool because i i do like because pinhead kind of is like again he has to butter some biscuit with terry he's like you are at the door to dreams yeah and he says he's like what's the key right solve the puzzle turn the key she's like what he goes the key is lying at your feet bleeding or whatever i like this idea that we are the key to all of this still, right? They kind of still foist it in there a little bit. Right. And then, yeah, as the statue breaks, it's just like absolutely like a cum dumpster. It yeah. just splooges out everywhere <laughs> like a fucking Cinnabon blew up or something. Oh, um, nice. Cinnabon. Cinnabons. <laughs> yeah, just I, for us in buns since 1992. No, whatever. I, I, but Pinhead, I, I think there's still enough of this kind of teasing, right? Where you're like, all right, maybe we're still doing it. When he goes down the stairs to the fucking boiler room, right? This fucking rager, just heavy metal, highfalutin, cocaine bar, whatever the fuck it is. And he's on the stairs and he's just like, shall we begin? And it's just fucking awesome. He gets his carry scene where just all of a sudden the fucking chains are flying. He's ripping everyone up. He has a really weird one where he turns a glass of water into his face and then an ice shard to impale a <laughs> But it's just, it. but you watch that scene, right? And you're like, all right, this is so very different. Yeah. Then, you know, this is a far step from Jesus wept. But this is fucking fun, man. This is the culmination yeah, of you did fine. two highfalutin mythology dense movies. Yeah, yeah. Don't you want to just see Pinhead Don't you want to see it just kind of let loose? Because, like, here's the thing, too, is, like, the stuff with uh, Captain Spencer when they try to, like, bring it back down, like, the dreamwalking shit. Mm-hmm. When... Things start becoming like <laughs> when we start talking about the bureaucracy of the Cenobites, where it's like, oh, well, without because, like I was saying, like, yeah. and again, this was I wasn't just blowing smoke. Like, before I watched, before like this got to this part, I was thinking, like, there must be something where literally, like, Pinhead's human form is what like maintains this whole, like, it's this weird, like, dichotomy thing. And then it like comes up, and then, like, and then. It's like, in, like, I was, again, I I generally have to go, especially for these kinds of movies, I generally have to go on Wikipedia afterwards and, like, read through the plots <laughs> and shit. So, to read that, like, oh, yeah, like, they have to be bound to a human host, essentially, or, like, not a human host, because, like, that we version of yourself has to have the human yeah. counterbalance, and if you don't, it's, like, invi- uh, wreaking havoc on Earth, basically, violates Cenob- Cenobite laws. I'm like, yeah. hang on. 
hey, we are a a plessier buffet. You don't want this? some guy putting his dick in all the buffet trays. My biggest question though is like, okay, so is like the Leviathan the governing body? Is that what's going on? Is that is that how this works? Maybe. Like that's Maybe. my that was my biggest no, question. He has though. this because again they they kind of do pay off the the humanizing penhead choice. Oh no, totally. Because he talks about when him and um, Joey are talking, right? And he's like, "The box wants to be open. You'll learn. Your fingers will find the way." And he he talks about when he went to hell is that they found the monster in me, right? Right. Like they pulled that out. Um. And so he talks about right, like how they found this thing. It was kind of bred from him, right? And then right, right. Obviously, as we do the carry scene, right, he can make more Cenobites, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I thought that was cool, right? And he's like, you know, I'm going to destroy the door. Fine, I got it. it. We've set up for a pretty fucking simple thing. So now we get to our final showdown, and this is where the movie just fucking... Again, it just... When you said that earlier, it's almost like a fanfic of Hellraiser. It made a lot of sense. Like, what if you made a fanfic, but the exclusive purpose of it was to sell action figures? Yeah. That's what we're doing now because there's the a cool scene Cenobites in the bar feel that like... actually made me mad, right? Yeah. Because in the bar they have the um, the guy gets killed with CDs. Some guy was just decapitated holding his head and he was just a camera moving around. Yeah. Much cooler than the camera guy, Cowboy, who has a lens for his eye and the fucking auxiliary cable attaches to his nipple. <laughs> but so what we see, right? We get some new Cenobites, right? We get camera face... With auxiliary to the nipple, whatever input that is. The DJ who can launch CDs. My favorite, though. Fucking bulbous <laughs> bartender who has a fucking martini shaker of gasoline and fucking fire breath. I don't know if this is like an alchemy jug in D&D &D where it just can like keep refilling the I, gasoline. I love it. I mean, like it's just one of those it's things fun. where you're like, that's kind of what I signed up for. It, that's exactly what I dude. They do like this Robocot shop where fucking camera face is walking down. There's fucking, you know, a fire hydrants going. There's yeah. explosions everywhere. And next thing you know, the cops are like forming a line. And I was like, yeah, fuck. Yeah, dude. Okay. I've explored the labyrinth. Now I yeah. want some fuck. This is the thing. <laughs> the Hellraiser series had done a lot of like, oh, it's so exquisite to explore the flesh. But they don't explore that much flesh. Not a lot of flesh gets explored. This movie's like, you want to see some fucking flesh creations? This is an Check Etsy it. shop of fucking flesh creations. <laughs> Let's go. And it's fucking fun, right? He, like, throws his shaker of gas and blows everyone up. Um, a little more disappointing that JP and fucking black-haired Shaggy from Scooby-Doo don't have better. She does have that great line, though, where she's like, I can dream now. I thought that was cool. Um, it is a yeah. little. I know what you're saying, though. It is a little sad that, like. I wanted don't... her to have an awesome Cenobite form. Yeah. Like, JP having, like, the fucking drill dough head i'm like yeah that tracks like that pretty much makes sense yeah. i thought hers would be a little cooler um but no we skipped the scene right because as we're doing this action figure beat we forgot the other important part right pinhead can't take the box right he just can't like fucking hook the nips and be like ah, right. you know titty twister give me the box she has to hand it over right so she does have some power i fucking love and i was like if this movie did nothing else right that scene in the church is easily top five coolest bits in the Hellraiser franchise. That church scene alone, it's so on the no nose. It's so in your face. It's just like, we're just doing blasphemies now. Yeah. 
but I, it is so fucking awesome, right? Because Penhead comes in, he melts the the fucking cross. I love when he like with his fucking pen worms makes yeah. himself like Jesus, and he's just like, "I am the way," and the fucking windows are blowing up and yeah. the fucking flames, dude. Again, what? we're getting into like again. I I love once we get into like full blown blasphemy, and this is the part that I was like, this is the part that. I get it. It is really cool to see. Like, visually, such yeah. a fucking blast. However, and this is what I was talking about yesterday, I really liked that this, like, this specific, this, like, this specific type of movie did not generally factor into, like, Christian hell and Christian, you know, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. However, it didn't go as hard as I'm, I. It didn't go as hard as I thought it would into that, and like it stayed pretty above the fray to just say, "Oh, how fucking cool is this, though?" Yeah. How about these worm nails? Am I right? It's fucking. But it's almost like he's coming in and like, "Oh, I forgot you guys were doing this shit. I only deal with like fucking, uh, you know, butthole liquors and like whatever. I'm always dealing with those kinds, right? Like the people who are like pressing it. People of butthole pleasures. Yeah, right? Like, the people of HBO's Real Sex, it's like, oh, God, another salesman in a fucking horse outfit, right? <laughs> With fucking three feet of rubber stuffed in him. Um, that's who Pinhead normally meets, and he gets out, and he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot there was this whole Christian thing. That's fucking funny. So then he just starts mocking it, right? And then right. it's almost like he's fashioning himself as the new Jesus, right? The son who was sent from Leviathan to fucking bring the new... This is my body. This is my blood. Right, right. It's fucking... Dude, he's feeding the priest his own fucking, like, shit. Awesome. That scene is just... And again, this movie for all of the fucking warts, they just fucking really press the pedal on. Let's just have some fucking fun. I think that... Yeah, once we get past, like, the setup of how... Like, because... I was telling you, like, to me, like, the like the top of number three feels like we're just like, got it, okay, so Pinhead just has to, like, Frank Cotton his way out of this, uh, out of the top of this, and then we'll, like, see some movie. Like, I was expecting it to last a lot longer, so when it didn't finish the movie like that, and, like, that wasn't, like, the big third act reveal that he, like, finally broke three, I was like, oh, sweet, so this movie is actually going to be just like, and that's why I end up with the fanfic yeah. thing, is it just feels that way. Yeah. It's like, what's some cool shit you want? I did fucking forget, right? So, <laughs> what's her name? Uh, the fucking black-haired lady? Mm? Her Cenobite power is cigarette burns. Yep. <laughs> She's essentially John Bender's dad. Right? <laughs> this is what you get in hell when you spill paint in the fucking labyrinth. You know, what I mean? like that's her fucking Cenobite power. She fucking gets to put a menthol out on you. She's like, I'll do, I'll do it a lot. I'll do it a lot. Chat, Watch out. Chatterer turns. Is that true? Do you want to come over sometime? Ah, <laughs> uh, that has to be Doctor Dickhead. Is such a fucking sadness in my heart. Cigarette burns might be the worst Cenobite power. It's not. If good. you if you were to get fucking caught, what would your Cenobite form look like? <laughs> okay, actually, it's funny. I was going to ask you this. I was going to ask you the same question because, particularly because of this one, I feel like I don't know if I'd have one. I think they just turn me into Eeyore. I don't know. I think that's probably yeah. like, yeah. You'd just be like, my only hell power is self abuse. So you're just like the Cenobite in the corner whipping yourself? Just constantly flagellating myself. 
I think mine would be some kind of like my face turns into like a bullhorn and I'm just like constantly trying to get people's attention. I Listen think to me and their fucking ears explode. And they I would like it if you would if you did the if you took the if you took Dr. Dickhead singing thing. That's that's what I think you'd be. Oh. Yeah, maybe I could see like a, a a hell version of myself that's like everyone has to listen. I think what I'm saying is funny, and just heads are exploding, and I'm like, no one's There's laughing. Where? So for those of you, I mean, I I know you don't, but um, so in the last season of Rick and Morty, there was a bit, uh, there was a Hellraiser episode. I and, heard about that. <laughs> yeah, so the bit is that the Hellraiser, like all the Cenobites keep coming to earth because Jerry is so sad and like unintentionally hilarious um, yeah. that they literally just like get off, like spending time with him while he does karaoke. And like that to me, I was like, that's probably as close as I could get is like, that would probably be my ultimate pleasure is just like watching yeah. someone make a total ass of themselves. Like that would yeah. be, I was like, yes, yes. Yeah, maybe someone just gets, like, stuck with me. I'm just now this, like, giant bulbous monstrosity that never leaves the couch. And I just complain about whatever shows they like. And they're like, right. no, this is hell. Then you're like that character. <laughs> they're just that character from Blade. Yeah. Yeah, that could be. I'm trying to think, like, what my sins are, right? And it's all, like, pretty standard sinful stuff. Yeah, I don't have anything yeah. cool sin-wise. Yeah, I definitely. I mean, I could be the cigarette burn guy. I could be. I'll take that shitty power. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I. I think this part's fun. It does lead us to our um, pinhead trickster, right? And takes daddy's form. Extra cruel. Loved it. Yep. Uh, he gets the box, and then all of a sudden he's in the, the fucking fuck tent, right? He's like, I'm bad. <laughs> and they have this fucking show. I actually really like this moment, right? Because pinhead has Joey chained up. He's throwing on the fucking pleasure cove clearance outfit on her. Right, right. And he's just like, you like this as much as I am. So much flesh, right? And he's kind of calling him out, right? Um, you know, you fucking like this too. Why do you think I like this? Because you fucking like this. Who are you now? You're fucking sitting here walking in trenches full of dead bodies, pretending you're just like a Gandalf. You're not a Gandalf. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're a nipple clamper. That's what you are, right? By your very nature. Right. And I, I like because it looks like nothing's going to happen. And then, you know, fucking Spencer's just like, you're right. We belong together. And they just start like tussling. Right. And it's kind of one of those. I'm like, I like it because it leads to that cool, like their heads melting together. Yeah, the little. It was super fun. But also, I was like, I don't love the idea of seeing fucking Pinhead have to have a wrestle. Right. I'm kind of I more mean, of a, like stoic. I, I just throw chains. I think I was just so into I was like, the Does Pinhead train Greco Roman. Like, what's going I on? I was just so into the Dr. Pimple Popper, Pinhead, uh, Elliot Spencer fusion. Like, that was really like. Oh, dude, it was so cool. I then love that. He's just that. like, send me to hell. Right? Because <laughs> the, the fucking box is already Ghostbuster trapped all the other Cenobites right, yeah. away. Uh, yeah, it, it's fine, dude. She sends him to hell, stabs him with the fucking, you know, Leviathan key. He goes back. We bury the box. That's the end of the movie, right? I. I think it's easy to see why people criticize this as I a get it. Stand. I do. Again, you're coming off two like really impressive horror films that are trying to do something more. Sure. Right. This one just says we're just doing buckets of blood and schlock and monsters and we're having a good time. Right. Where we don't have interesting, relatable, you know, human drama. Right. We're just getting you there with beautiful faces. 
I can see, but this is the thing. I think most horror people, right? Because we t- we made that joke earlier about elevated horror. Yeah. Most people I know in the horror community, we like both. I it's think- nice to see a horror movie try to do something more. Yeah. But sometimes you just want to watch the fucking schlock. I right? really feel like you're hard pressed to find someone who will only watch quote unquote highbrow horror. Like, no, I really only dipshits. Like, yeah, like I mean, I really think real unless, horror people like both. Like, come on, unless you're such a dickhead that all you'll do is watch a twenty four stuff. Yeah. Like, I, you'll watch the ones that you feel like you need to for yeah. cultural currency, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm like, if you're only watching like certain, I have movies, to see Get Out and Hereditary, but everything right. else, I have both. to see these movies so I can tweet about them properly. Like, to me, yeah. what makes hellraiser three and like really like a lot of the movies we're watching this this uh year for october um special is because they don't have to have like the social currency of watching a lot of these is just that you've seen them and really like what it boils down to is like enjoying them like we don't do this pod unless we enjoy a movie like yeah i'm not saying it's the greatest fucking movie i've ever seen but if you can't find something in there to enjoy and I find I find it very hard to imagine someone not being able to watch some of Hellraiser three and be like, "Well, that was fucking cool." Yeah, I, and I, that's what I think. Right? Is that I I was mad about the end of Pinhead and Hellraiser two. This felt like a, hey man, we know, we love Pinhead two, so we're gonna give you the fucking Spinal Tap eleven Pinhead, and it was a fucking blast. Yeah, I totally. fucking love Pinhead in this movie. Pinhead is my favorite horror movie monster. Um, I probably have said someone else is my favorite horror movie monster before. It comes and goes, but I, I fucking love my time in the Hellraiser universe. I love my time with Pinhead, whether we're in the labyrinth or we're fucking, you know, shooting CDs at people. Love it. It doesn't. This one strips out all of that big mythology and all that extra shit and just actually gives us our pound of flesh agreed and i think it's a great fucking time man and i i like that you get both in the hellraiser franchise right it really jumps around betwixt the two a lot um it kind of dips its toes into heavy mythology and then it'll just give you some you know poppycock that you want yeah um yeah it's kind of like putting fucking fancy creme on a pop tart you know what i mean yeah a little cream fresh Creme fraiche? Creme fraiche? Yeah. No, I, that's it for Hellraiser 3. Uh, Hell on Earth. I fucking love it. Also, ends with the fucking uh, Hellraiser song, which is one of the great fucking soundtrack songs of a horror movie, right? I love the one with Ozzy and Lemmy, right? Because I think Ozzy has one, Lemmy has one. They have the one with both, which I think is the movie one. Uh, my son actually loves that. He's always like, Daddy, can we play Hellraiser? And I'm like, hell yeah, boy. Absolutely, son. I love you. I love you. Stay away from boxes. Um, But that's it, man. I fucking love Hellraiser 3. I think it's a good time, and I think it's much maligned because it was the different flavor, uh, the first different flavor in the franchise. But you guys know the deal, man. We'll be back tomorrow with Hellraiser 4. Hellworld? Is that what this was? I believe it's Bloodline. Bloodlines. That's right. Yeah, this is the... uh, Space Station time travel. Yeah, this is the Kev- this is the Alan Smythe cut. Not time travel. It's tale tall tale telling. Right, family. Indeed. The the fucking ancestry dot com Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. You guys know the deal. Every day this month, thirty one days, thirty one pods. Uh, we are dealing deep into Hellraiser right now. But if you guys want to make sure that you have a movie to watch with us every day this month. 
you need to go to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Get the exclusives over there, including our feature-length commentary on 13 Ghosts, which I know everyone loves, right? It's one of those movies that's got a new look now, and people are like, we're ready to acknowledge how fun that movie was. Mm -hmm. So, again, that's patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Vote on the movies you want. Uh, Come to our Patreon-exclusive library, right? Miniseries, commentaries. We're always working to make that worth your time and support. So if you can, we'd appreciate it. Um, something easy you can do, leave us ratings and reviews wherever you find the pod. Five star, a couple cents is why you like us. I swear to God, when we get those, it really warms our heart. We appreciate it so much, everyone who's done that for us. It's a uh, follow us on the socials. Share all the stuff we're doing uh, for this October Mega Marathon. It's a mountain of work, but it's a work of love. So help us uh, get the word out. We would appreciate that. Subscribe to Film Alchemist YouTube channel, right? Film Alchemist is just what it's called. Uh, email us filmalchemistpod at gmail.com that's it put on your fucking uh, space sex outfit for Hellraiser Bloodlines tomorrow for the Film Alchemist I'm Josh Griffey I am Alex Dendino 